0: The Real Estate Sessions is brought to you by FIRST. FIRST knows that a real estate professional's most valuable asset is their relationships. A strong personal network is the moat that can guard against any industry disruption. But there's never enough time to nurture your network the way you want to. FIRST powers top agents with artificial intelligence to spotlight the people who are most likely to sell. This brings focus and attention to make important connections when it matters most. Learn more and request a free demo at FIRST.io. I
1: think I follow a good bit of what uh, a lot of real estate professionals follow. I, I certainly follow um, Inman. Uh, I love Social Media Examiner. Um, but I also will curate a bit. So I use a tool called Scoop.it, which is kind of a funny little URL. Scoop.it um, helps me collect articles that I'm, I'm interested in. And I've also found that HubSpot, is is phenomenal with content they're they produce an amazing amount of content every day
0: welcome to the real estate sessions podcast where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice for real estate professionals now your host bill rissa of fidelity national title in tampa florida Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 150 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Yep, 150. We got there on our way to 200. It's very exciting. It's just about three years now since we started this uh, little experiment in, in in my curious mind because I really like finding out about people. And and uh, and I can't thank you enough for tuning in and listening and telling a friend. It's how we continue to grow. And I'll, as always, don't be afraid to leave a rating or review because that helps us as well. And I I am very excited. Giddy is a better word about my guest today. It is, everyone who knows me knows I have this weird infatuation with Stryzan and this kind of crazy love of Broadway. So my guest today is Christy Keneally. Now, Christy's with Realtor.com, and if you've uh, been to any event anywhere around the country, there's a good chance Christy's been there and you've seen her. Uh, she does some amazing stuff uh, representing Realtor.com, talking about technology and social media and all this cool stuff. But... Christy is also a veteran of the boards. She has actually performed on Broadway, and and I can't wait to talk to her a whole lot more about that and real estate. Christy, welcome to the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you, Bill. I am so excited to be here, and I'm I'm so excited that you're excited about this background of mine because normally folks just want to talk about tech tips right away, and it's going to be fun to to share with you some of the <laughs> some some old Broadway stories.
0: That's the best kind. Are you kidding me? I love it. So we'll we'll start with the beginning and the beginning of And I'm guessing now I know you live in Southern California now, right? Correct. Were you born there? Are you a native of SoCal?
1: Not only was I born in Long Beach, California. So shout out to Long Beach. I am an eighth generation native Californian, which I know on the East Coast might not sound like that big of a deal, but kind of a big deal here. And there's this crazy family story that I am pretty sure is not true, but for some reason we've been telling it to each other for years that uh, that uh, an ancestor of ours was a bodyguard to Father Sarah and lost Beverly Hills in a poker game. I have no <laughs> idea if that's true, but it's a good story, right?
0: That's a myth. Now, look. I grew up in San Diego, right? I spent the first 40 years of my life in Southern California, a little farther south. And everybody had to learn about Father Junipero Serra uh, that grew up in California, right? Because he he was the, uh, the the missionary that came up and founded all those missions, right? Our, the one in San Diego, uh, they go all the way up the state, maybe up towards Santa Barbara, right?
1: Right, exactly.
0: Yeah, that's well, awesome. Yeah,
1: we have no idea, but... Uh, it. It uh it's all it, that story comes out nearly every Thanksgiving.
0: I would own that if I was you. That's cool. That's very cool. <laughs> um so Long Beach, that is that's definitely that's in Los Angeles County, but Long Beach is a different kind of piece of the puzzle there in LA. I think a lot of people think of LA, they think of, you know, maybe it's it's up in the valley or it's it's down it's you know, the kind of maybe it's Beverly Hills or Hollywood. Kind of describe Long Beach a little bit cuz it's got a little bit of industry going on there, right?
1: Uh, you mean the show business industry? Oh, what do you, or, or, no, I
0: kind of meant the oil. <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> sorry. My head's on showbiz. So I guess we were famous for the, the Queen Mary and the spruce goose. It's a little more laid back than Los Angeles, even though it's within Los Angeles County. And it was a great place to, to grow up. I wasn't too, too far from the beach. Um. But uh, you know, I think we're going to get ahead of this a little bit. I I left Long Beach pretty early in my life.
0: Okay, let's let's talk about that. I'm I, I'm going to guess that um, when you were attending, let's start at high school. When you're headed off to high school and you're kind of thinking about careers, uh, you you really weren't thinking about the mortgage or real estate industry at that time. Am I right?
1: That <laughs> is absolutely right. And um, this might surprise you. I I wasn't really. In high school, thinking about theater, uh, I auditioned for the show Cats that was coming to the Schubert Theater in Los Angeles, so kind of the, the big Los Angeles company. I auditioned for that at 15 years old, and I got the job. So there was an immediate graduate from high school. I was going to City College at 15 and a half, 16 Performing in cats as rumple teaser, and the youngest ever hired to do it it was an insane experience insane
0: so what made you at the age of fifteen you hadn't you had done no acting prior to that you know, well no I, so I had
1: done i had i was a uh, i danced as a kid i was a gymnast i had done a couple of local civic light opera productions um so I had done let's see a carousel and I played Wendy and Peter Pan, but so I had done a few things as a, as a kid. And then, but I had read in the newspaper, remember, used um, yeah. to read things in the newspaper, yeah. that Cats was auditioning. It was coming to town. So uh, a friend and I thought, Oh, you know what? We're going to play hooky this one day, because this is going to be an amazing experience that we'll remember for the rest of our lives. Let's go audition. Uh, just so that we can say we did it. And that, Audition turned into a two-week audition for me. I ended up having to tell my parents that I was not only going to Los Angeles to continue audition auditioning for this show that I needed a ride from them uh, because it was going on much longer than we thought. And at the final audition, the final moment, it was just kind of like a chorus line of final women that were being selected were in a line and you had to step forward. Do a, a double pirouette on the right, do a double pirouette on the left, and then stand and take questions. So they got to me and I did all of that and I stood to take questions, but I just broke down and said, I'm so sorry, I am not 18. I am 15. This has all gotten out of control. I am so sorry. Um and they were a little angry initially. Uh then there was a big huddle by the production team. And all they said to me <laughs> was, Step back. Uh, The next day, though, I got the call and they said, You will be playing, we hope you will be playing Rumple Teaser, and we've got some things to sort out. So I had to sort out high school and I became an emancipated minor so that they could work me more than, uh, gosh, four hours a day. I guess we're Uh, Were the are the labor laws for kids they they need to work me more than four hours a day so i had to become a legal adult uh and that was fascinating because the i had to go to a judge and the judge had to ask me questions to then determine or sign off on some paperwork that i am legally an adult at 15. so i had to answer questions like what's a mutual fund uh (laughs) Just some rant, kind of random quote unquote adult questions. She signed off. Uh, That same day, I had to go to rehearsal. It was the very first day of, of rehearsal for cats, and I was late, but I showed up in my little suit, my little 15 year old self with my little 15 year old briefcase, walked into the rehearsal room, and there were all these adults that had been cast in the show. They were on their hands and knees. Uh, They had little rope tails around their their waist, little prop tails, and they were blindfolded and they were kind of pawing around and sniffing each other. And I remember that moment and thinking, I may have just made the biggest mistake of my life. (laughs) Not sure, but kind of thinking. It might be a big mistake. Anyway, that that might be
0: that might be the most adult thing you did that day (laughs) is is have that have that thought. Right.
1: Right. Walk into a room with a bunch of other adults and say, really, is this is this is how this is going to go. It it, it ended up turning into a a really uh, nice, long, satisfying career on Broadway. But I, I started in the Los Angeles company of cats at 15. Wow. Um, and that's where it began. Isn't that crazy? That I don't is, tell that story very often because it's just so crazy.
0: That is crazy. That, that is awesome. And so you, I, I want to dig just a little bit. Your parents then at this point, you're still living at home. You're still, you still love your parents. Because when you hear people get emancipated as a teen, it's because there's this huge rift with their parents, right? Correct. That wasn't your Correct. case. Right?
1: No, no. <laughs> this, was, this, this is one of those things that you, you would hear about in Hollywood. Uh, right. Coming emancipated so that they could work on television series or things like that. No, I, yeah. so I was commuting from Long Beach to Century City, where the Schubert Theater used to exist, every day, sitting on, a, a, I think, two phone books, driving my parents' Ford Granada back and forth to To do this show, my parents were quite young, and they just they were just. It was a little bit like American Idol at the time. I think that would be the best uh, way to describe what it felt like. It was just exciting, and no one no one even thought to say no, even though maybe there should have been some no's happening, or maybe <laughs> I don't know, a, a guardian perhaps. But yeah, I grew up uh, really fast, to say the least.
0: So somewhere in this, you know, you you the 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 cat's run ends. And you are probably, you're going, this is what I'm going to do. I am going to be an actress. I'm going to to do Broadway. How do you make that leap from, you know, a teenager in Los Angeles to Broadway?
1: Well, you make the leap in a unitard, I guess. Uh, So (laughs) I was asked to join the the Broadway company of Cats uh, after the Los Angeles company. And I just have to assume there weren't a a gazillion five foot tall acrobatic dancers with very high belty voices that could do two man cartwheels. I I, I became a a specialty. Uh, And so they offered me Broadway. Uh, I think I was about 20 when that happened and just got on a plane and said I'd kind of figure it out once again. I, not thinking too much about how scary this could be or or how much I didn't know. I just uh, thought it was exciting and um, did what I needed to do. I just got there, and it. I, I ended up figuring it out.
0: Wow. Where did where did you live when you first moved there?
1: Oh, it's an excellent question. I live right in Hell's Kitchen, Forty Seventh between Eighth and Ninth uh in a in an apartment building that i'm fairly certain might have been next to a brothel at the time I'm pretty certain this was this was not when times square was cleaned up this was, no, this oh,
0: was right the other times square right
1: the other times square right. that's right and uh i was so naive so so 20 years old i was told it was a sublet and so I, in my head, I, I thought, oh, it's going to be this perfectly furnished, everything ready to go apartment. And I'll get there and I'll sleep and then I'll get up and go to rehearsal the next day. I got there and there was nothing but a mattress in the room. Hmm. And I got there, I think it was 11 o'clock at night. I wasn't even smart enough to try to get an early flight. <laughs> <laughs> so I get there. I'm in the middle of Hell's Kitchen I don't know anything about New York and I'm, I'm in a room with a, a mattress. So I it slept with my jacket over me and the next day just figured, well, I, I guess some cast members will tell me where I can go to get a set of sheets and a shower curtain. Like You're 20 and you just figure it out. Right. I mean, t- yeah. today that's, that sounds like the most insane thing, but, uh, but that's what happened.
0: Wow. So you, one thing you do talk about um, at your presentations is you do mention that you did get to act with a very famous Broadway actor and star of movies, uh, plenty of them especially at my age you know Ferris Bueller's <laughs> day off was you know a massive part of my growing up let's talk about um, you did you you were in how to succeed in business without really trying with Matthew Broderick. What was that like?
1: Well, so I got to kiss Ferris Bueller, right <laughs> yeah like like ninety six times I think is what it came down to it It was absolutely uh dreamy for me uh it was dreamy that I got to play a human being i so i I did graduate and and I didn't play an uh, a cat or an animal for for my entire career. That was nice. it was nice to be a, a person <laughs> right uh, uh, I was uh, originally hired to play a featured role in the show. I played Miss Crumholtz, and I was the understudy to Megan Mullally, and then eventually Sarah Jessica Parker. And Matthew, of course, was the leading man who won the Tony Award, and he was phenomenal. But he and Sarah are some of the I think the nicest. People I, I I worked with on Broadway, there was a time where Sarah went to uh, shoot Mars Attacks. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, movie. sure,
0: yeah, absolutely. So
1: she needed to leave the show for a few months. And often on Broadway, they'll bring in uh, another a, a celebrity to to just do a short run to replace another celebrity. That happens all the time. But Matthew and Sarah went to the producers and and said that they should give me the part for a few months. And I mean, that, that just doesn't happen. And it, but it did to me and I played Rosemary opposite Matthew Broderick for two to three months while Sarah was doing her filming and had the time of my life. Just, just, it was sensational. He, he was phenomenal to work with.
0: Um, matinee days. <laughs> Are they are do you like those as an actress? No. Okay, nobody does. Nobody. It's what I expect. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, now I prefer presenting in the morning if I can. And but but back then, when we were all kids and so young, no, the lifestyle was nuts. you because you're staying up till two or three in the morning and you're completely offended if your phone even rings before 10 AM. <laughs> so, right just living this this crazy lifestyle and uh you know matinees were were not popular a lot of coffee there was a tremendous amount of coffee b- backstage available backstage and and advil <laughs> <laughs> because you're just <laughs> sore tired uh, you know it's certainly depending on the show especially for cats they i'm not kidding they had advil in the wings uh which is completely not healthy and not good for us but we were we were so so broken, and matinees were brutal to just get your body working.
0: Yeah, I can imagine a a bunch of young, attractive, athletic, you know, (laughs) actors and actresses deciding to uh, try to get to bed early on a Tuesday night just ain't going to happen.
1: No, you know, and it was just kind of hard to wind down. It was, you, you just, you know, your job is finished around 11 or 11.30 by the time maybe you clean up, get your makeup off or whatever. So it's 11.30 at night, and then you try to get home. It's midnight and you're trying just to want the wind down is not easy after you have had that much adrenaline running through your system for a few hours. Right. 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 Yeah. So it's just it's a wacky lifestyle.
0: All right. Well, I know there's some people listening going, OK, Bill, enough of Broadway. So I'll I'll move on. But um, I, I'll probably I think you're going to be at the Florida Association of Realtors. Am I right? Are you speaking there?
1: I believe so. Yes.
0: Yeah, so I'll see you there cuz I live in St. Pete, so I'll be over there for the uh, bar camp in a couple of days. So I might corner you and buy you a meal or a drink so we could talk more. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Have, consider it a date. All right, awesome. So let's so we get to the we get to the late 90s and you transition over to corporate America. So talk about that that move, that part of your journey.
1: All right. Well, so Bill, I need you to imagine that you just finished playing Peter Pan All right. so I need you to imagine that you have been flown into set pieces numerous times you've been flown into the sides of, of a theater you've seen pl- uh, corners of a theater no one should ever see and you're kind of you're kind of pushing yourself off of air conditioning units you're you've done three acts leading the show you're you're exhausted and you come home after uh, doing that. And a friend says in in 1998, oh, well, I just got this new job with this new company, uh, a new dot com called realtor dot com. And I I said I was exhausted. I said, oh, OK, well, I know that website. I played on it a little bit. What do you do? And he told me he trains salespeople. And I asked, well, so what do the salespeople do? And what he described to me sounded a little bit like it could be a little show. That's all. the only reference I had in my head was what well, sounds a little bit like putting on a show. And he said, oh, and we use this tool, this this thing called PowerPoint. And I thought, well, that sounds like an advanced ballet class. But uh Maybe that's something I could I could handle. Anyway, long story short, I I got an interview because I had a friend that worked at Realtor.com. And I started in 1998 and became one of their national speakers relatively quickly. And was a national speaker up until uh, 9-11, really. And then I needed to stop traveling. But uh, I started, I think I was in the very first class of salespeople for realtor.com. Isn't that nuts?
0: Yeah, that's a long time ago. Like I said, it's coming up on 20 years.
1: I know, I know. Wow. And I, I'm really proud of Realtor.com that uh, that they uh, that they've they have been around that long and, and have had such momentum in the last few years. Uh, but they have been around that long.
0: So after 911, um did you did you kind of take a break from either move.com or realtor.com and, and kind of head off on a different path before you came back?
1: Yeah, great question. So I I definitely took a break from traveling, and uh, I I went on to a couple different software companies with some people um, from Realtor.com at the time. They brought me over. So I worked for a a, a company called Interthinks, and ended up becoming Interthinks, and that was a company that went from ten million to one hundred and fifty million dollars in in revenue. And then I worked for another software company called Armco, which was quality control, mortgage quality control. Interthinks was oh, you'll love this. Interthinks was mortgage fraud detection. Oh, so nice. I am there through two th- 2008 and on. Uh, before 2008, into 2008, I was there for the whole credit crisis, working for a mortgage fraud detection company. That was insane because we we were kind of signaling at the time, oh oh oh, oh they, this is really bad really bad stuff is about to go down uh, cuz the software would indicate potential for fraud in loan applications mm. and uh it was so that was that was nuts to be in that industry at at that time uh but i ran marketing for that company ran marketing for the mortgage quality control company sat at a desk and was one of those people that I'm going to be really creative, but I'm starting to get a little antsy because I've been sitting at a desk for so long. And then realtor.com came back to me. Oh gosh, just, just about four years ago and and asked if I would be interested in coming back. And I said, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I want to get out again. And I've, I've got some interesting stuff to say because I've got 10 years of marketing software companies. Uh, so I'm hoping I can bring some outside-of-the-box ideas back to, to Realtor.com. And, and that's kind of what's happened. So so I've got this crazy Broadway background and then this weird tech background because I've always been a, a bit of a nerd when it comes to technology. And it's come back, back around full circle with Realtor.com.
0: You know, I've seen you present uh, a few times and uh, <laughs> high energy, is definitely an understatement for you. Like I saw you crash through a wall, uh, last year in Vegas. Uh, you definitely hit the stage really hard and fun and, and get everybody going. And, and I, my thought, my first thought is that that's a ton of work and a ton of prep. And is there ever, is there ever a time when you just don't feel like doing it or you just don't have that same kind of a energy? And when that happens, what do you do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There are no doubt. There are days you just want to kind of stay in bed and, and, uh, and I don't know, not get up and and perform in front of hundreds of, of, of folks. It is hard. The East coast is hard for me, especially if I have to, pre- if I need to present at seven or 8 AM and I've gotten there and I haven't slept. It's just one of those exercises in, can you do it without sleeping? So I'm going to say the solution is eggs. <laughs> okay. Eat protein. Eat protein. <laughs> I try to lay off sugar just to get through those those days of not have, not just not sleeping. Um, but I, it, it's amazing if you lay off sugar, how much more you can get out of your your soul. I don't know, that's, that might not be the best advice anyone's heard today, but that's going to be my advice. Less sugar, more protein.
0: I like it. When you're on stage, you specialize a lot in technology. You mentioned it, that, social media. Um, I love when you start showing me apps I've never seen before. Uh, so how do you stay on top of all the latest, greatest stuff? What are your go-to sources or what are you following to kind of stay you know, up on it?
1: Yeah, well, so I, I think I follow a good bit of what a lot of real estate professionals follow. I, I certainly follow um, Inman. I love Social Media Examiner but I also will curate a bit. So I use a tool called scoop.it, which is kind of a funny little URL. Scoop.it helps me collect articles that I'm I'm interested in. And I've also found that HubSpot is, is phenomenal with content. They, they produce an amazing amount of content every day. And a lot of it's B2B. Related, but I I like watching and following more B two B marketing to figure out what's working with these large companies that are doing things on a on a really large scale uh, that we can borrow from or steal from a little bit in the B two C world.
0: Right. My biggest concern with a lot of what realtors are trying to do with technology is using the technology to try to just generate leads instead of maybe trying to use the technology to maybe foster better relationships. Is that something you see out there?
1: Oh, absolutely. And there's lots of lead gen uh, tools and tips and tricks and all of that. But really, the, the gold is in the follow-up. And how can you systematize that follow-up? How can you empathize more with the person on the other line? How can you educate them? Um, to n- nurture them through, maybe they're not they're not ready to buy or sell right now, but how can you be the source of information so they think of you when they are ready? so it, it's it's really it's a system that sometimes I've called the C system. systematize, uh, educate, and empathize as much as you can. I think that carries through in in follow up. And yeah, there are absolutely tools out there that can. Help with the follow-up. It's it's really a matter of implementation and execution uh, with those tools.
0: Uh, I'll be attending my uh, second Realtor Summit in Las Vegas in October. Marcy asked me to. I'm actually going to have a roundtable talking about podcasting of all things. <laughs> but, oh yay! Uh, but yeah. But how would you describe that event for someone who hasn't been yet?
1: Oh, it, so this is the. It'll be the third annual Realtor.com annual summit, the Results Summit, and. I think they're they are they've booked over sixty five speakers at this point between panelists and roundtables and keynotes and featured speakers on the main stage. They, and the the lineup is looking sensational. And topics such as lead gen, lead conversion, follow up, video, social, productivity, they're they're going to cover. I think just about everything. <laughs> uh, that with the way they have structured this conference, there's there's just so much to to dig into. I I, I think it's going to be phenomenal. I know they've they booked Juliet Funt as uh, one of the one of the keynote speakers. Tony Newman and gosh, I'm sure you've seen some of the lineup. It's some of the best speakers in the real estate industry are going to be there sharing their their knowledge.
0: Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. I know last year was was amazing. Uh, and it's only going to, I'm sure, just get better as, as Realtor.com kind of keeps, you know, playing with the format and having some fun with it. So, yeah, I highly recommend it. It'll be on. It's not, it's now on my list of go-to events. You know, Inman's there. Um, now this has become another one. So I love it.
1: Yay! Uh,
0: so I wanted to ask you, you mentioned a couple of tools, Scoop It and, and like HubSpot and Social Media Examiner. But do you have a, another tech tip or two? You know, I'm kind of borrow from hopefully not take too much away from your presentation. But how about like your favorite kind of tip right now that you're talking about?
1: Yeah, sure. I um, I picked this one up a, a month or so ago. So, you know, on Instagram, in your bio, so Instagram is just, you know, blowing up. It's so, it's so big. And there's so much interaction happening on Instagram. Uh, and it's what everyone's talking about, it seems these days. Well, on Instagram, uh, in your bio, you only get one Lousy link, right? It right. allows you to have one link, you know, to your website is what most people are doing. Well, you could use a tree, uh, uh, a tool called Link Tree, and it's a funny little URL. Uh, it's L I N K T R dot E E. So it's Link Tree, but put the dot before the EE at the end. And what Link Tree will allow you to do is turn that one lousy link in your Instagram bio, it'll turn it into a series of clickable links. So uh, anyone who visits me on Instagram and looks at my bio can choose, do you wanna connect with me through Facebook? Do you wanna connect with me through YouTube and watch my YouTube videos? Do you want to go see the blog that I participate in? There's multiple, I I can offer people multiple ways to connect with me, maybe a, a way that they prefer, Versus just sending them to the front page of my website. I mean you could you could choose to send people to a landing page on your website or maybe you can do some lead capturing there. But I, I it's a it's a cool little tool. it's free and it will take you less than five minutes to set up and once it's set up, it's good. And you can change it whenever you need to. but I, 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 I think that's a really nice solution right now for Instagram. And let, let's see what else with Instagram, I think a a fun tool to explore uh, within Instagram stories to not not be afraid of the polling tool within Instagram. Uh, So within Instagram stories, you can, you know, take a photo or or whatever and ask folks. And I think, I think I may have gotten this uh, tip from Tom, reading Tom Ferry. Uh, But you can ask if people, if they know the value of their home or if, are they living in their dream home or some kind of question, yes or no question and use the polling feature to try to drum up some um, seller leads. Uh, But it's just a fun, a fun way to do it. And you just got to follow up. Uh, Maybe you do that once a quarter, um, but follow up uh, within 24 hours. And then last but not least, one of my favorite tools is a tool called Lumen5.com. That's L-U. M E N 5com and lumen5.com is still free right now. And what it does is it enables you to create video for social or even for email campaigns, whatever you're, whatever you want to use, whatever channel you're using, but it allows you to create video fairly easily. I mean, nothing is super easy right now, but lumen5 will leverage uh, some quick bullet points that you can come up with uh, some royalty-free images, in some cases, royalty-free video, and it will help you with the use of AI, with artificial intelligence, help you create uh, video quickly, You know, maybe within 10, 20 minutes once you get good at it. That makes scaling video a little bit easier. There are, there are a couple for you, a couple yeah. tech tips.
0: I, we, when we know how important video is, you've got to find a way to make it easy.
1: Yeah, Lumen Five almost makes it fun. I'm not gonna say it makes it totally fun, but it, okay. it almost makes it fun to do.
0: Christy, it's been great having you here. I wanna I'll wrap this up the way I've wrapped up every episode. I've asked the same question of every guest, and and that is if you could give one piece of advice to a new agent, what would it be?
1: Hmm. You know, I think I think try to pull all of your contacts together. Into a CRM of your choice, and there are many CRMs out there. But get get organized so that you can begin to systematize. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier: systematizing, empathizing, educating. But to systematize, you 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 want to get everyone you know from all of your Gmail accounts and old email accounts, and heck, you could even uh, maybe hack your way through getting your contacts out of Facebook and. LinkedIn, getting all of those contacts into a CRM and uh, regularly uh, communicating with folks about what you're doing and what you know. And I think that that's a great place to begin. Just get organized with a customer relationship management system.
0: Christy, if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Ah, of you to ask. Oh, you can find me on Facebook uh, with Christy Keneally National Speaker. You can find me there. You can certainly find me on Instagram, though Instagram's a bit sillier. It's not I don't offer so many tech tips on Instagram, but uh, Instagram's a lot of fun. You can find me there as well. And then of course my website, christykeneally.com. You know what? We'll circle all the way back, we'll come full circle, Bill. If you go to Instagram and you click on my bio, you'll click on that link tree menu and you can connect with me the way you want right there.
0: Awesome, Christy, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for indulging a Broadway fanboy <laughs> the ability to ask a few questions. It really is. It's just such a neat story and and even better, really for the realtors, uh for the lenders and the real estate professionals, You do amazing work for Realtor.com. I enjoy your presentations every time I see them. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you, Bill. This was really fun. Thank you for having me today.